0: And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast, I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Gavin Berry with the regular contributor Scott McDermott, off on his well-deserved holidays. Again. Today we're going to, again, I know, it feels like he's always away, doesn't it? He's a, he's a real skyver, isn't he? Off the bench, off the bench again,
1: Johnny. off the bench again.
0: Ah, well, listen then, Gav, apart and- from... Tw- it's only a couple of people on Twitter that give you a hard time, so you just well, have to... That's
1: that's all, that's all you ever hear, is you're not up to the same standard as right there, McNeil, so <laughs> <laughs> people just have to deal with
0: it. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, well, what are we are going to be talking about today? We've got plenty to discuss, not least Rangers 2-2 draw with Hibs at Easter Road, and a very tantalising up-and-coming Europa League tie with uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, Gav. So uh, I'm prepared to be mocked mercilessly, but Willem Tway. Willem Tway, yeah. How does that sound? Yeah, it sounds fine. That's
1: great. Better than Steve McLaren's Dutch.
0: Yes, well, I'm not trying to do it with the Steve McLaren version, you know. Uh, (laughs) Why am I doing South African, you might wonder? Never mind. Right, let's get right into this, Gav. Uh, You were at the game on Sunday. You're one of the the lucky few that was allowed in to to take in the live football. Uh, Obviously, Hibs against Rangers is normally something of a powder keg, a terrific atmosphere inside Easter Road. We've seen it quite combustible over the last few years. None of that uh, in terms of what was going on off the pitch. No. But plenty to talk about on it. What did you make of the game? Well, that's just,
1: well, well, it was a great game, first and foremost. I mean, it was very entertaining, very, you know, open. Uh, and as you say, you know, probably just exactly what you'd expect from a game at Easter Road between Hibs and Rangers minus the crowd, you know, that's what I was thinking. You're saying I was one of the lucky ones to be there. Of course I was. But sitting in that empty stadium, you know, as the kickoff was approaching, that was one of the things that did strike you. That, you know, if it ever a fixture missed fans, you know, that that's probably, that, that's one of them. You know, as well as Picaudry on the opening day, but certainly Hibs Rangers, you know, it's not always been pretty right enough, you know, the, the incident with James Tavern there, you know, um, couple of seasons ago, the fan leaping over the board and all that, but, but it's always just that, you know, it's just a real you know, electric atmosphere. So that was obviously missing, but as you say, plenty of talking points. It was the kind of incident packed game you'd expect when these two get together. Um, and if you take the result in isolation, then a 2 2 draw away, you know, to an informed hip side isn't, isn't too bad. The problem is, as you and I know, is that. This is a continuation. This is, people are not judging Rangers on eight, being eight games into a season. You know, if you drop two points eight games into a season away to Hibs, you would, you know, people would, you know, okay, they'd be disappointed. But the reaction is just cranked up a notch because this season of all seasons is so important. And also because Steven Gerrard is in his third season. So that's why... People are picking up on anything that goes wrong just now and, and they hark back to two seasons ago saying, you know, they haven't learned, they haven't learned from mistakes because this is the type of game where they have slipped up in the past and which has cost them. And that's what separates them being realistic title challengers and Celtic who have, you know, won the league nine times in a row. They've got to win games like this, and they didn't, and that's that's the problem. Now they go to Motherwell on Sunday, and of course everybody's saying, you know, because of the nil-nil the, the draw with Livingston last month from the back-to-two-two two draw Easter Road, it's a case of must win. You know, you're almost in you know, must-win territory all the time, and that's just the pressure that's going to come with this season. So, you know. You know, it, it wasn't, they didn't, play, they didn't play badly, it was a good game, and, and in any other circumstances, you would say, okay, 2-2, two, two, that's fine, you move on. This season, you can't, because there's no margin for error, and now you feel the pressure building already going into four part yeah. on Sunday, because if you have the same again, you know, people, you know, people are just don't have the patience, they don't have the patience because it's a season where Celtic are going for 10 in a row and because Steven Gerrard has had two seasons where he hasn't won a trophy and you know people that is, so people just jump yeah I mean
0: the, listen the, the game itself yeah. what, the thing that stood out to me was that Rangers lacked the level of control that they've had in previous games Hibs were far more threatening than any yeah. other team so far this season and really, really caused Rangers problems down the flank in particular Martin Boyle who yeah. has not just got pace but has got quality in his uh, delivery and, and quality in terms of his end product and you saw that with both assists uh, especially yeah. the one I, I would normally criticise the central defender in mm-hmm. that situation for losing a, a header to a big striker, but the yeah. truth is the ball was so delicious for that second goal that yeah. it was almost impossible for Hellander to actually defend it. And I think Steven Gerrard in his comments after the game was pretty solid in the fact that he defended Hellander. The, 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 by the time that ball came in the box, it was yeah. almost impossible to defend. But the, the key argument and the key debate for me in the game, Scott, is around the midfield because that's where the control begins in that midfield area and I felt Stephen uh, Davis and Glenn Camaro were both off the pace yeah. and lacking a little bit of the sharpness that we've seen from them. Stephen Davis still played a couple of great balls, you know the ball over the top for for uh, Scott yeah. Arfield yeah. who should have yeah. scored it was absolutely yeah. delicious yeah. Yeah. but overall you have to say Gogic and Newell were excellent at harrying them, harassing them, yeah. picking up second balls And Rangers only had Jamie Barjonis on the bench. Is that a big problem?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing... I mean, Glenn Kamara, you mentioned. I mean, Glenn Kamara is so neat and tidy and a good player when he's got time. That's why, you know, maybe a kind of European style, i just maybe even mentioned in the podcast before, you know, that you know he's been linked to European clubs and all that. I mean, you could probably, if he went to like a Serie A or some of like that you get time on the ball, you know, he probably would be. Uh, he would be very effective and probably could make that, that transition. But as you say, when you go to Hibs away, that, I mean, that's, you know, you've got to be able to do the ugly side of it. and um, But it's been, I think it's been pointed out so often that, that, I mean, that is what Rangers are lacking, you know, that, you know, they need like a you know, big monster in midfield almost, you know. Um, I see a Terry
0: hurlock style guy. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, Terry Herlock, yeah, just, just yeah, a really aggressive player. I see Andy Little today talking about Daniel Johnson, who obviously Rangers have been heavily linked with, and saying he's a bit like kind of in the. I think he actually compared him to Stephen Gerrard himself, but that's what was said repeatedly that you know, he needs somebody that can, you know, in the mould probably of himself, just a real kind of.
0: <laughs> I just um, laugh at that though, Gab, because you're not going to get a Stephen Gerrard no, uh, type, I because I mean, you can't even. You, I mean, in Rangers market, you're, you're not even going to get a tenth of Steven Gerrard's. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you look I, I at... I'm... Yeah. If you, if you look at the Scottish market, there's only really two players that Rangers can go for, in my view. And listeners can feel free to tweet me if they have any other suggestions, but the ones that jump out is Lewis Ferguson and Alan Campbell at Motherwell. Yeah. These are the two Scotland under 21 midfielders, both very good at the press, very yeah. aggressive... Getting about teams, but I think you've, you're always going to have the question when it comes to a player from another team in Scotland is whether or not they're going yeah. to be comfortable in the technical environment that Gerard demands, because he always goes for these players that are very, very comfortable at taking the ball in at pace and moving it on, and yeah. that's a big jump to go from Motherwell or Aberdeen to, to that environment. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because that's I mean, what I mean, Rangers need. A, I mean, they really need someone to you know, take them up to the next level. They really need something. I'm you not. Know, most... You know, I don't know whether Lewis Ferris or Alan Campbell is as good as they are, would necessarily do that right away. I mean, Rangers need immediate impact, you know. I mean, I think Zungu at, at you know, Amiens that they were linked with earlier in the earlier in the transfer window, I mean, I think from the description of him, he was that kind of type of player. So, I mean, it, it's obvious that Stephen Gerrard is looking for that. I mean, who, they, you know, but maybe that's now Daniel Johnson, if they can get that one over the line. But, but but to touch on your initial point, yes, that is what was missing on Sunday in the middle of the park. So it's about identifying who the right guy is that's going to come in and and uh, change it. And let's not forget as well when we go back to Sundays, you know, I mean they have been totally hampered by injuries. I mean, they're terrible but luck, you know, missing Joe Aribo is a big miss, you know, and Ryan Jack obviously out. So I mean they are missing players as well. Um, but it's just. The problem is, uh, this season, you know, you just can't afford, there's no, there's just so little margin for error because we see Celtic twice going behind, uh, sort of going behind in two successive games here last week, you know, St Mirren and then Livingston, and coming back to win. And then when Rangers... And Rangers failed to do that uh, on Sunday, and, and that's the difference. You know, that's 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 the difference between the two sides right now. And Rangers need to basically get momentum and show that they can match Celtic, because they can't afford to slip too far behind. Um, you know, as it stands, if Celtic would win their game in hand, um, if Celtic would win their game in hand, it means Rangers are going to Parkhead uh, next month. Knowing that if they lost that, they would be five behind. I mean, yeah, but, but, right away you're playing. You know, right away if you, if you start if that gap starts early on, then you've you've got problems because then you're going into every game saying can't this and can't afford a slip. This is what happened in the last season, and 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 then they eventually collapsed. Um, because it's, it's not so long ago we're talking about when the two Celtic games were postponed, that Rangers could have been eleven clear. That's the scenario Rangers needed. They had to be the ones asking the questions of Celtic to put pressure on them and see how they responded. Rangers don't want to be on the other side of that.
0: No, the thing is, though, Celtic did get asked questions because Rangers did win those games. And ultimately, Celtic, because they are full of winners, um, despite not playing very well and despite looking like they're still coming together as a team very much, still managed to get over the line And and then maybe a slightly ramshackle way in some of these games, certainly didn't look too brilliant against Livingston at the weekend. But, but, you know, they get there because they're full of winners and they're mentally very, very strong. So that's something that Rangers are going to have to add to their repertoire. And people always say, you know, James Tavernier is a great captain. You've got Connor Goldson, who in in the training ground is a big influence. But these guys are going to have to get over the line for some silverware yeah. for them to really recognise what it is to be a Rangers player and to, to show that they can step yeah. up to the plate to be true Rangers players.
1: Totally. That, that exact point that you made was the first thing that was in my mind when I had to do a piece for the Daily Record on Monday morning the day after Monday for Tuesday. Um, when they or Tuesdays, paper, and that was the exact point I, I, I was looking to meet and speak to someone. So I, I got David Robertson, and ended end up because I just thought, I mean, that, that Walter Smith team of the 1990s was a team that, um, you know, was they, they had real team spirit, and you know, Walter Smith's mantra was always about find a way to win. I mean, and he talks about it now. Even when, you know, when I see him interviewing on Rangers TV and things like that this season, you've, game, you've got to find a way to win, you need to find a way to win and that's, as you say Celtic, find a way to win, Rangers don't seem to have the answers, you know, a lot of times in games like this when, when things go against them, you know, they can't seem to find that way and you're right it does come down to probably like a mentality thing, but I don't know whether you, can you teach somebody that, can you instil that mentality in them or does it have to already be there? Um, Maybe in some players you can, maybe... um, I think when we were on the podcast before, well, I, I probably mentioned this. I think when Stephen Whittaker and Kevin Thompson joined Rangers from Hibs, you know, there was maybe four burners at the start, and Walter Smith had to sit them down, you know, to talk about what was kind of required, and you know, eventually they did go on, you know, to have good Rangers careers. But maybe not everybody can develop that, you know, and and if if you've not got it, and if this current team don't have it. You know, either individually or collectively, then you've got a problem. You know, because the ten outfield players on Sunday were all involved last season. Um, you know, so and they were guilty of their character and mentality was questioned last season when they collapsed in the second half of the season. So if it's not there, then you've got a problem because right. you, you can't expect it to change this season if you're just using the same guys.
0: Conversely, it could be that the quality isn't there because it was the guys yes. last season who failed and they needed a big injection of serious okay. talent. And so far, what you'd have to say is Etton has done next to nothing. Yeah. K.M. Roof has come in and looked like a clever player who, given time, could be a real big asset yeah. for Rangers, but he's got himself injured. Yeah. Balogun's looked decent in the couple of games that he's had but has had injury problems yeah. and beyond that you're not really seeing mm-hmm. much in the way of players that are going to come in and make a big impact on the starting 11 now people might say John McLaughlin but for me I think John McLaughlin and Alan McGregor are both very very good goalkeepers I don't think yeah. if you brought in Alan McGregor then Rangers would have a um, a dip so yeah. so for me that's, that's a, a coin toss but I'm talking about Players that would come in and make a big difference to this first eleven. Yeah. Um is a good player, Balligan's a good player, um, we know that. So so again, the defence to me is not the problem, and I've said that on this podcast so many times. Yeah. If you look at the numbers for last season, Celtic and Rangers defence are much of a muchness. Yeah. Yeah. The problem's middle to front, and that's what I think Gerard realizes, and that's why I think he's still looking at that at this Daniel Johnson. Because he's a guy who scored 12 goals last season in the championship. I think he got eight assists. That's playing for Preston, who are not, you know, one of the leading lights in the championship. I think they came ninth or tenth last year under Alex Neil, despite going through a a purple patch when it looked like they might make the playoffs. So a guy with that creative quality, uh, who can come in and give you a bit of squad depth and and a bit of class in the final thirds. I think that's right. And as much as I would like to think that Rangers should also go out and look at a player that can come in, a Terry Harlock type, an Ian Ferguson type, to to use the old kind of examples. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what, Gav, I just think that the big problem Rangers have, the big problem they've always had under Mm Gerrard, is quality middle to front. It's killing teams off, it's taking chances and it's creating chances. Yeah. And Celtic have that in spades. Yeah. And and, and, and and listen, here's a question for you. Let's imagine this transfer window had gone slightly differently, and the twenty three year old Swiss striker that Celtic had bought was Cedric Etton mm-hmm. and the twenty three year old Celtic Swiss striker Rangers had bought would be Albion Yeti. Yeah. Where would we be at this point? I think Rangers would probably have won all, every single one of their games. Yeah,
1: I mean, you look at his, um, you look at his uh, goals to games ratio. I mean,
0: it's unbelievable, and that's yeah, a, why hmm? a goal every 57 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, and that's why, um, that's why when people, t- I mean, some of the criticism of it and you have to see, has been unfair. But I mean, that that is the nature of, of the kind of old I mean we make. There's snap judgments, you know, fans make snap judgments and right away players have written off as studs or they're going to be the next big thing, you know, just on a, a couple of games. You know, he's young and he's moved abroad for the first time. However, exactly as you say, I mean, the, the counter-argument to that is people would point to a jetty say, well, wait a minute, here's a guy who's the same age and, you know, also lacking match sharpness. I mean, he has had, I suppose, a stint abroad Uh, albeit, I mean, it never worked out for him and he's sent abroad in London, but maybe he's um, down at West Ham, but maybe he's kind of better for that experience. Um, But but that is a counter-argument. People will say, well, look, he's he's managed to hit the ground running. Why can't it? Maybe it comes down to quality. I don't know. Um, But just to, to go back to your point about the midfield as well, I mean, we can't underestimate the... The loss of Aribo because when you were know, talking about an injection of quality, I mean, he is somebody who, the way he started the season, he's looked so much better for his first year in Scotland, and he is a guy that could make the difference. So, I mean, he has been a huge loss. He's been a huge loss. So, um, he, you know, that, that's that been a, a big blow for Stephen Gerrard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we're going to move on now to, to the Willem-Twee game because I think uh, you know we could talk about this Hibbs game until we're blowing the teeth, but it's now a few days since that happened. So let's, let's talk about Europe. Th- this is a tough tie, isn't it? I mean, these, these guys are no mugs. They came fifth in a very competitive Dutch league. Um, Rangers did fairly well against Feyenoord at, uh, last season, to be fair, uh, who did finish in a higher position. But at the same time, it's a one-off game, it's away from home, anything can happen, and the advantage is very much with the Dutch side, because it's their pitch. Now, reports have come in today that they are going to be missing five of their starting 11, their their first pick starting 11. Where where do you stand on this, tie? Do you still think it's dangerous even with that news? Would you be concerned that Rangers might not be able to make it through that one? Well...
1: Well, I mean, of course you'd have to be concerned. I mean I don't it's, it's, it's certainly not a, a, a given and I think if Rangers are, are going to reach the group stage for the third, you know, season in a row, which would do, I mean it's mentally impressive, this is probably the most difficult qualifying route what they will have come to. I know there's been some tough tests in the past, but if you if you take any Dutch side away from home and then it's Galatasaray or I had next in the playoff round, be at Ibrooks, so, I mean that's that's as tough as it it gets. Um I mean, I must admit, I've been in the camp, you know, at the start of this season, uh, of those who think it would be better for Rangers to go out of you, you know, in terms of, in terms of, the, you know, being serious about winning leagues I just do,
0: well, that was going to be my next question, Gav, actually, yeah, because I, I remember you did write that, I think, a couple of years back. I, I,
1: I know, but I, yeah, I know, I probably did, I, I did. Um, I just don't think, and again, I don't think they've got the squad. I don't really think they've got the squad day to cope, you know, with both. Um, Celtic look as if they get an easier route, so I think you know I think those six extra games, I think six extra games for Celtic, you know, would probably well no not probably it would definitely enhance Rangers' chances of winning the league, and that is mm. the priority this season. But I think with the news, you know, fans won't be back anytime soon, and you've got to see that, you know. Even without the extra revenue of punters coming through the gates so on European nights, I think you're still at a minimum three million quid for reaching the group stages from UEFA. Which, to be honest, that's probably crucial because I mean, without that cash, who's to say that it wouldn't result in Rangers maybe having to sell someone on to compensate? You don't know. It's, it's a, it really is a catch-22 Europe um mm. But, but even if they are, even if you say they're going to go for it full throttle, put everything into it and they're still certainly got a, a job on their hands. Um, Willem Tway or the, uh, the team that reared Frankie, uh, Frankie the Youngerly. And last season they beat three of the top four, Ajax, Alkmaar and PSV in the league. Um, never managed to beat Feyenoord, as you mentioned their Rangers did. Um, also play a high pressing 4-3-3 game as well not dissimilar to Rangers at times and I think Gerard himself pointed out the Greek striker I don't know about the pronunciation here you'll correct me if I'm wrong Vangelis Pavlidis
0: yeah that's right Uh,
1: uh, he scored two didn't he against Progress last week and then I think he scored two as well at the weekend he beat Hercules 4-0 so yeah, Pavli he's, he's a physical, isn't he? He's a big sort of physical striker. So um, going going by the reports and some what I've seen him, yeah. Um, yeah. So when you when you you spoke okay, a little bit um, you know Christian Doyle getting above Hillander, so I mean this is going to be another physical. He he seems as if he's going to be kind of, kind of get, be a real physical um, test for the for the Rangers defence.
0: So that that probably suits it, them though. That's the that's the kind of player they would prefer to play against rather than a low centre of gravity nippy forward who can go in behind. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Hellander's pace.
1: Yeah, but I mean, certainly away from home, certainly away from home. Dutch, but, I mean, they are they are kind of fairly inexperienced in Europe. Um, I think they've only was it five times that they need, I think I read a statistic that they've, they've only qualified for Europe five times in about 140 years that they've been going. So. I mean, they're inexperienced. That is one thing about this Rangers team. I mean, in this arena, they have just excelled, haven't they? Since Steven Gerrard came in. This is not one area where they've really punched above their weight and done better than you'd expect. So, I mean, I would still fancy Rangers. I would still fancy Rangers take edge it probably just by the odd goal. I mean, it'll be tight, but I would, I would fancy them. And then at home in the playoff Um no, there's every chance again a, as tough as it will be there's, I mean, there's a good chance he can get
0: through given the record in this competition um, so yeah, just, a- just before we go because the time is running short um, you mentioned there about uh, squad depth mm-hmm. and I was assessing what Rangers have done so far and, and who they've been linked with uh, yeah. for a piece on Record Sport Online mm-hmm. and, and one thing that stuck out to me was we haven't seen that Gerard link with Liverpool Yet So far in this transfer window. And it just got me wondering if that's something that could rear its head once again, that Steven Gerrard could go back to Jurgen Klopp, who, by the way, always likes to get a really good assessment of all his players. He's done that yeah. with Ken. He did that the season before as well with uh, Ejaria. It, it was later in the, in the window, wasn't it, before they actually arrived. Now, once he's got that under his belt and has decided who he wants to keep and who he wants to go, because we know they were later starting in terms of the Premier League this year, um, and that that time must be coming now, do you think there's a possibility that a way that he can fill some of those gaps is to have a wee phone call to his old worker? Well,
1: I'm sure. I mean, he's got a hotline to him, hasn't he? And I'm sure he would want to help him out. But I just think... I think other than the other than the Ryan Kent one, I mean, too many of these ones, have, too many of these type of signings have, have really disappointed, haven't they? I mean, Ojo and uh, Jaria, I mean, he ended up cutting his short, didn't he? I mean, it's just, it's been proven that it's a big step up, you know, it's highly mm-hmm. rated are these guys. I mean, not even just at Rangers, when you think of guys like, you know, Celtic, you know, remember Charlie Massonda and all these, you know, they come up and they're going to be you know, they're going to be world beaters. It's a different... It's just a different, completely different test from... Um, you know, you need... To get, what Rangers need now are guys that are going to make a real difference. Um, so, there's every chance they might come up, but they don't just want somebody that's... They just don't want a kid, you know, a highly rated kid that's going to come up and sit on the bench or, you know, just come on, you know, for a few minutes here and there. There really, <laughs> has to be people now that are going to make a difference because, I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like they're miles away. It's not like they're, 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 they're miles away, but they need, they need people that are going to enhance.
0: Yeah, but like, Liverpool do have a couple like that at the moment. You've got to look at, say, Rian Brewster. Now, they might well want to sell him yeah. and Curtis Jones, but these are guys who have had Premier League experience who probably just can't quite ease himself past the likes of Fabinho or Mo Salah. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, yeah. had maybe got, maybe had loans out like uh, Brewster did last year at, at Swansea, but you look at Rangers and the very, very specific type of challenge you're going to get at that club, and you ask yourself, well, where, where better could they be, really, in terms of becoming used to that relentless winning mentality that a championship winning side, which was what Liverpool are all going to be aiming to do every year, needs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it was was great from from their point of view, great from their point of view, and I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will be having the conversation. I'm just saying you have to be, I just don't think that's going to be the answer necessarily, Hmm. the answer for Rangers, you know, is, is to look in the air and hope there might be a wee gem there, um, and, and, and yes I'm sure Union in would help see if he can I don't know if he's got his eye on some, somebody specific but I just think if it's somebody that's, it, it just needs to be a hardened you know somebody with a good bit of experience you know, mm. you know mid to late 20s I think what is Daniel Johnson 27-20 I'm not saying
0: necessarily yeah 27-9 20,
1: yeah 27 you know I'm not saying he, necessarily he is the guy that's going to kind of totally transformed but at least he's at a good age you know fairly good experience he's been around for a while
0: Um, the thing I like as well about getting players from the from the championship is that they they know British football so it's not like this situation with Cedric Eaton where you're you're going well you know he needs to adapt I mean I watched I've watched in the last uh, 24 hours every touch that Cedric Eaton has made for Rangers. Mm-hmm. I watched it through a stats programme that we have to write a piece. Right. And it's quite clear that he's he's struggling a little bit with it the intensity of uh, mm-hmm. the way defenders get in about you here in Scotland. So I think a defenders more likely to stand off in this in the Swiss league, allow Swiss League and allow you to take down the ball and play it off. Whereas in Scotland, they've got a hold of you. They're wrestling with you. They're grappling with you. You're under a lot more pressure. Um, And I think the great thing about getting somebody from the championship is if they can perform in the championship, you know they're going to be able to perform in the Scottish Premiership. Now, they they still might not perform. Yeah, Yeah. But you know... In terms of their quality, if they can do it in that league, they can definitely do it in Scotland. There's other factors, and, and every transfer is a gamble. Of course. But it's not as big a gamble to me, because I think a lot of foreigners come here, I mean, look at Borna Barisic, that's one of the best examples, and are just completely taken aback. Mm-hmm. And they go away and have to completely rebuild their bodies to cope with the physicality.
1: Yeah, but, but that's the thing. I mean, but that's nothing new. I mean, we, we know, I mean, we've we how many examples have we witnessed over the years? You know, we, we know that the Scottish football is like that, you know, and that you need to be able to cope with a rough and tumble and the guys have struggled. But I mean, that's the job of Ross Wilson and Stephen Gerrard himself to look. They've got to, they, they, they have, I mean, Stephen Gerrard now in his third season, he, 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 know, he knows the league now. You know, if he, he's got to know exactly what he's looking for. And what type of player he needs. Um, mm. I mean, he, he must know that he's got. To, he's got to take that into account when he, when he's doing his recruitment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, listen, we're going to call it a day there, Gav. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Thank you. Uh, we will be back next week with all the Rangers action you can muster, where we'll be looking back, obviously, on the match against Motherwell, which will take place on Sunday, as well as the European action that we've previewed today. If you have anything you want to discuss with us or bring up from today's podcast, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane and and, and Gav... At Gavin At DR. There you go. He's nice and prepared today. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're going to call it a day there. Until next time, thanks for listening.